0: well, we've conditioned ourselves in our culture, our society, that it's a quick response, an instant response, but that's not coming from the body all the time. We don't give ourselves enough time for the body to speak and to check in. What's the energy level? What's the hunger level? What does my body need right now? Rather than just answering from a yes or no state of words. place of community connection,
1: where we honor and celebrate each individual's unique gifts and passions, share rituals for all the seasons and cycles of life, and bring light to both ancient and modern practices that transform communities to the new earth paradigm, one that is more loving, compassionate, and life-affirming.
0: This is the Nourish Collective. I'm Jeanette Seely. And I'm Kate Straykosh. We are so grateful that you are here with us. And we'd like to acknowledge that we're coming to you from Lenape land, right along the Matitikonk River on the Jersey shore. We bow to our teachers, our teachers' teachers, our mentors, our ancestors, our guides, past, present, and future. Our intention is to offer an inclusive, trauma-sensitive space We will be mindful about cultivating this and we'd also like to acknowledge that we are both cis able-bodied white women and we are committed to being open to doing better thank you so much for taking this journey with us
1: i stopped working with people with physical injuries just by nature now it's more emotional stuff that i'm working with but i used to work with people with physical injuries a lot And I'm sure I will again.
0: And you know so much now and the energetic and the emotional bodies take them back into the physical, which is.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and it's like where you begin. There's a really interesting fact about like afferent communication and how that works. So efferent is top down, how the brain communicates to the body. And afferent is bottom up, how the body communicates to the brain. And 80%, of the communication between body and brain happen in the afferent realm, afferent neurons from the body up. So even now we know pain is like, is a body-based sensation. We used to think that, I'm sorry, (laughs) pain is actually efferent. So the deceptors in the tissues send a signal to the brain of like, oops, like there's an injury here, there's tissue damage, there's something going on. And then the brain will send down the pain signal. So it's really interesting. Uh, but trauma works in the opposite way. It's the body up, the body telling the brain we're not safe. And the brain is like, yes, we are, we're f- like, we're fine. But the body is like, no, <laughs> we're not safe here. There's a felt sense of anxiety or unease or like that kind of time stamp that happens in the hippocampus that is normal for memories doesn't happen when it's trauma. So they don't get time stamped. So the body, if there's a trigger, will go right back into the experience like it was happening again. I've seen that
0: even with some clients. I have one particular young woman in mind who she's had chronic Lyme for years and she's come through so much and she's functioning at such a higher level. But there have been a few Things that have happened in the past couple of years that have just set her off into that past response where it's like her whole body reverts back to when she was a young
1: teenager and she first got sick. Yeah. And it shifts everything. Yeah, and it's so fast. And it's really interesting. You know, I, I think that's where like years ago, I only ever had one or two clients over the course of two decades working in psych and skilled nursing, where we had multiple personality disorder it's very very rare to actually have the diagnosis or to see it embodied usually there's you know schizophrenia is quite common BPD things like that but we had one woman oh my gosh I'll never forget her she had multiple personality disorder and she was in her 80s but one of the personalities was a young child and this woman was like wheelchair bound with diabetes But when the child personality would come through, she would get up and she would walk and she would dance and she would eat candy with like no problem. And then there would be like an old man who was like super angry and like rageful and nobody could be near her. But when she was like herself, Claire was her name, she would be super sweet and loving. And like, it was amazing to see. And she had many, she had like 14 or so that we would see come up. But the ones that kind of took over her physiology and changed her physiology, it really existed. It was, nobody could understand it, but it existed.
0: It's just phenomenal how you can see that and how powerful the brain can morph into embodying different personalities and different
1: demeanors. And that becomes that person's reality. Yeah. I love how Crystal said the clip that I started with, with the last recording like your body is your whole story and that comes from there's a similar theme that comes from a book it's like my teacher my thai teacher always used to say it your biology is your biography and it's so true your body does tell the story of what you've gone through and and pain is a bio a bio-psycho-social mechanism. So there's the biology involved, the psychology of it, and then your, your relational health and your financial health and your stress levels and how much support do you have in your life? And that all presents when you're dealing with a chronic illness or condition or persistent pain or anything like that. You have to look at it through the lens of a holistic view. On every level.
0: Yeah. And I loved when she said that too and she's such a walking reminder of that in the way of what has come through with her accident and honoring her body but just honoring how her body
1: speaks to her now. Yeah. It's such a gift I think to be able to listen to the wisdom of your body to I had a friend many years ago, and it was when I first started doing this level of work. It was probably like massage and yoga therapy. I had a yoga practice where I didn't listen to my body before, you know, Ashtanga or (laughs) Kundalini. It It was intense practice. And it brought me peace at the time, but now I look back and I saw how it also created pain and injury and repetitive stress and things like this. And this friend, this is like 15 years ago, he would sit, I would be like, are you hungry? Do you want to get something to eat? And he would close his eyes and sit for three minutes or something. And then he'd open his eyes and be like, yeah, I think I would like food right now. Or no, not really. (laughs) I'd be like, that's not a hard decision. I remember feeling that way at the time. And now I look back and I so deeply appreciate that inner listening. It was revelatory. It became... I got used to it because we were good friends for quite a while and it just was his way and I started to be open to it instead of judgmental of it which was my initial reaction and now I appreciate it so deeply.
0: Well we've conditioned ourselves in our culture society that it's a quick response an instant response but that's not coming from the body all the time we don't give ourselves enough time for the body to speak and to check in what's the energy level what's the hunger level what does my body need right now rather than just answering from a yes or no state of words
1: a mental emotional response is impulsive whereas the soma is a place that we go to i think with a level of deep listening and honoring that begins to guide our lives. One of my teachers says, and I love this statement, Gabrielle from the shamanic room work, that the body is a wisdom library. I've noticed that
0: here in my practice with the flow preso, but also myself doing that over the past year because it has the microcurrent vibration to shift your body into the parasympathetic state. And I feel that with combination of that, the heat, the infrared heat and the compression, going through it is relaxing, but it's the time after the session that I I crave because I always feel so in my body into a place where I sense my body temperature more, sense my breath can feel more of a state of relaxation, but it's it's really, My senses are alive in that time and just witnessing how clients are arriving before it in the session. But then afterwards, and I say to them, it's such a gift to notice that and to be in that state. One of the very first times that I did the session on myself, once I brought it in here, afterwards, I was driving home and someone called and shared some information that was disturbing. But receiving it, I didn't notice a skip in my heartbeat. I didn't notice a shift in my my breath. I listened. I received it. And I remember just driving home. I had about a 40-minute drive after that. Okay, how am I feeling? What am I noticing? And when I tell you, Jeanette, it was one of the most beautiful experiences to not be reactive to that information or to go into a a mode of checking out, but to just let it receive. And I wish that everyone could have that type of experience to just feel so much, feel regulated in their systems, but how often even in the realm of communication, we talk about this in relationships all the time, very often you're trying to meet in the middle, to receive, to witness, to hear, but the delivery, but then the state of what each person is coming in with, whether it's a sympathetic, a fight or flight response, or they're totally checked out. It's really, it's a dance with coming back into that place of meeting in the middle. And that
1: to me is, is a beautiful tool to access that. I loved it so much. I remember when you first talked about getting it and I was like, a machine? massaging you i I was a little skeptical i was like because i'm so invested in in thai massage but when i experienced it i was like this is like a thai massage this is so amazing it's sweet gentle pressure it's listening it feels like it's listening to your body or it, it in a way of the machine learning of how much pressure to apply and where your body is pushing back and i don't know it was phenomenal i felt the same way and these practices help us build that inner listening, that interoception. And when we have a heightened level of interoception, we are able to self-regulate more and it becomes the dance between, in trauma work, what we work with is pendulation. And I like to call it the sweet spot or the Goldilocks spot of working with the stressor and finding safety and resource in the nervous system. And so without checking out, can we dance with the discomfort not dive all the way into it and overwhelm ourselves or completely disassociate and pretend it's not there like you said like these challenging situations face us in life whether it's a phone call or an event or a letter in the mail or an email that we get or an actual harmful event that occurs in the world around us or to us and trauma isn't what happens to us it's it's how we relate how we respond and how much agency you are able to initiate in any given circumstance. So these tools are profound and priceless because they last with us. They live with us after this moment of awakening happens. It doesn't leave. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel more than ever, it is a responsibility for each of us, but as a container to support each other, to become aware of our own tendencies and to not get getting lost in that disassociation or the checking out because we need to be so alive and we need to be so present in order to, to heal and to grow and move forward. But there's a level of accountability that it really
1: requires of our own self and then together. Yeah. And that's that co-regulation process, which is so beautiful to dance with another with awareness. And that takes two people having that awareness. Am I starting to disassociate in this conversation? Maybe it's time to take a pause and say, I love you. Can we come back to this later? You know? So what are you up to now? I know you're just doing so many beautiful things. So here we
0: are, the beginning of October, and I feel like there are a lot of things happening, really exciting things. I'm taking a deeper dive into work around sacred sexuality and I'm birthing a new program with Catherine Craig, who we know and love, and she's just such a a bright, wisdom-filled light. And it's our intention within it is to remove any triggers, any hesitation of even hearing the word sexuality and the invitation is to come back in, to reconnect with layers that may have been lost or tuned out in the body. And so pretty much going back to the conversation you and I were just having, it's just that. It's, it's an opportunity that we'll be doing three live classes and then creating replays to explore practices around our sensuality, with our breath, with our bodies, but to turn the awareness and the conditioning that many of us have been programmed into looking to outsource how we live life to shifting it back inward and that's something that's really near and dear to the work that I do every day in in my practice and I feel like now is the time to be more vocal about it and I've been doing more work around that scope with men as well and that's really that's a close heart thread to me right now. In, I know many people look at me that I work solely with women, but it's shifting the focal point that I want to be known that I work equally with men and then ideally merging that practice together because we all need to to work together to learn, to grow. So I, I have some programs in the work specifically for men and the Sacred Sexuality Fundamentals is starting next month in November. And just really excited. I have a retreat coming up at the end of this month, the end of October, out in New Hope again, which is all about tuning back within to the senses and honoring late autumn, which is such a beautiful time where we live in the Northeast and witnessing this this season of release, the season of moving towards towards the exhale of of death and then what comes after death rebirth so tying that into uh into the retreat and all sorts of local workshops and teaming up with Georgia to do Georgia and Lori to do a hibiscus and yoni workshop in the beginning of November too uh, and again another invitation to come into the body and to to be with all of it so inviting the full spectrum right now but it, it feels good.
1: Oh, it's so much juicy goodness
0: coming. <laughs> <laughs> and this feels, you know, it it does feel aligned. Although we often think that the fall and the winter are seasons of slowing down, I still feel that we can be very active and alive in following our passions as long as we honor what our energy is with that that we can still be quote unquote busy with that feeding into the energy of it, but not ignoring what our bodies need or honoring the cycles of collectively it's just not as fiery as the summer but it's a different form of energy output
1: yeah in ayurveda the winter time particularly is a time of strength whereas the summer is a time of depletion so in the winter we build we nourish And I love how you mentioned the word like outsourcing. And in another podcast that we did, you spoke of insourcing and outsourcing. And yeah, it's that time, the fall and winter of insourcing. Like, what are you bringing in? What do you want to build upon? What do you want to begin and renew with for the coming months of deep stability and deep tending to the inner fire and the inner wisdom and the inner womb space and... Yeah, even men have that, you know, the womb space, with the Dantian or the Hara, it is that center of your being. There's so much that can be
0: discovered from there. Yes. Well, that leads me into asking you, because I know you have been tending to some beautiful projects that are birthing in different ways and in
1: different communities, but I'd love to hear what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> like you, and I, I love how this is is a thread that connects us. There's, there's always so much happening. There's always a juggling and a dance between all of the things that bring us passion and joy, which is so fun to play with, to play in the field of what is lighting you up in this moment and how can you be of service through that. So one of the things that I'm doing that I'm really stoked about is an alchemy course. It's a six-week online virtual training for caregivers practitioners and facilitators to learn how to work through the body with people with trauma mm-hmm. so it's a certificate program if you if you like certificates <laughs> it's a 30 hour training with ce's available for massage therapists and yoga teachers and hopefully soon yoga therapists but it will be an introduction and a really strong foundation into practices that are evidence-based, that are a collection of all of the work that I've done over the past two decades with people with trauma and all the trainings that I've taken. I've distilled what I've seen and felt to be the most beneficial practices into this collection of beauty that is really of service and is a dive that is deep yet gentle. So it's not going to bring you into a spiral, it's going to be really supportive and nurturing in nature. Um, yeah, and that's starting in two weeks. So I'm super excited. There's like five spots left. I'm keeping it relatively small so that we can have an individualized container. So there will be one on one live calls and virtual mentorship and things like that, as well as a beautiful online virtual portal filled with course materials and then resources if you want to go deeper into any of the topics we're going to explore, like somatic experiencing or aroma point therapy or some marama work and Ayurvedic lens of trauma and yoga therapy, so it's really beautiful. You
0: provide such thorough gifts when you lead, whether it's in a workshop or a one-on-one session. So I could only imagine how powerful and potent this will be. Truly. Oh, thank
1: you. <laughs> it's been a journey, you know. I felt like for a very long time I had a lot of disparate, seemingly disparate education and and life and work experience, having been in the military, then going to work in long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, and then working in hospice, and then time massage, and then Pregnancy and birth. It was like, how does this all fit together? And I'm at a place in my life where I see the larger picture. I see how it all fits together and it all makes sense. Even the technology bit that I did in the Air Force makes sense. It's like technology is necessary in the work that I do now. I'm able to reach an international audience virtually and we're able to do things like this and connect in a bigger way than we'd, I would be able to do if it was just in person. So that's such a gift. And I do have a few other things in that realm of like a virtual membership where we do Ayurvedic yoga, seasonal weekly classes and immersions and lots of little tips and wonderful short bites of meditation and practice, because I think I know yoga really only works if you do it daily. (laughs) It's not something you can go to the studio once a week for to everyone comes to yoga to heal something really to to work with their stress to help heal their body or their mind and emotional state and a once a week class is wonderful and supportive but it really takes developing your own practice it doesn't always look like getting on the mat and so. This membership is very affordable and accessible and offers lots of ways to bring yoga into your daily life. And it's always being updated seasonally for the Ayurvedic lens of how can we nourish our body in the season that we're in. So of course, if you're on the other side of the world, you would do the opposite. You would be doing the the spring and summer practices right now as we begin to dive into fall and winter, but that's really beautiful. And then i host in seasonal ayurvedic cleanse that's every spring and fall that's about to begin we have a 300 hour yoga therapy foundations training program that's coming up that i'm i've been working on since april and we have an incredible group of teachers you know i wanted to do the training for years because i saw such a lack of such a cookie cutter training program going through our local community anyway and I would go to classes and it would, there would be so much harm happening without awareness. And it wouldn't matter for me because I know my body's in the practice so well, but I, I really had a hard time going to classes. We talked about this a little bit with Crystal. It was so beautiful. But you know, if you're going in with an injury or if you're not what people consider an advanced student and you're in this class and all of a sudden they're doing headstand or chin stand or all of these things, should we really even be doing them? Don't put your knee over your toe. Don't don't roll up from a forward fold. Uh, don't jump back into plank pose. Like all these little anatomical cues that are given, the fear-mongering around harming your body, the appropriation of yoga in a way that's solely physical and not weaving in, the pratyahara, the pranayama, the meditation, all of the, the eight limbs. And I was like, I really wanna create a program. But I don't want it to be a me show. I want to bring in all of the teachers who are my teachers, and so when that I asked, said yes. I'm so honored and overwhelmed, and I'm thrilled about it. I'm bringing in the best teachers I know, stewards of the tradition, and real authentic practitioners of decades. And we're coming together to offer a yoga therapy foundations program that's 300 hour deep dive into learning the true heart of yoga. Learning to share with populations in an accessible way. So, cancer, pregnancy, hospice, special needs kids. It's kind of a choose your own adventure. It's modular based. So, you get a base 150 hour education. Everyone gets the same. But then you go in and you pick and choose your modules. So, you can choose where you're going to go with it, which is so fun to me and beautiful. That's beginning in January. So, we just opened enrollment and yeah, it's all online so everyone can come.
0: <laughs> That's been a labor of love for you, but it's going to be so beautiful. And you have so much to share.
1: I would l- I would love to plant a little seed that you and I have been dreaming of, and that is a retreat.
0: We've been scouting out a very special location for a period of time now and feeding into you and I. We do share the passion and have led many, many, many retreats with different communities, different parts of the world, and have that same shared vision of inviting individuals to come into a place out of their comfort zone and to just allow the full spectrum to be fully alive to be with all of life and experience all that the local area has to offer and i i cannot wait to share this with the world what we plan to do next summer
1: i can't either the location is so spectacular i mean it's just so perfect it feels like A container for what we do and almost a little bit of um, a thread of who we are and who we who our clients are it really feels like the most perfect location and we have the most beautiful kind of nourishing things planned from the meals that we're going to have to the activities that we're going to do to the way that you're going to be held and supported in the space yeah so more will be coming about that. <laughs> and it will be here before we know
0: it. That's one of the pieces that excites me when I, I think of my own journeys that I've gone on or <clears throat> envision the months leading into a retreat that I'm leading, that buildup, that anticipation, that it's just that beautiful beacon of light that keeps us going despite how we can get bogged down with daily responsibilities and distractions that maybe they are not, they they can feel mundane sometimes, but to just look forward to a journey of so much unknown, it, it excites me.
1: Yeah, me too. I think, you know, retreats are some of the ways that we can connect more deeply with ourselves and find long lifelong friendships and, really dive into this level of being tended to that is so necessary we have to give ourselves that gift of being tended to we deserve it like we deserve to be nourished to give ourselves nourishment and then to be open to receiving and i love hosting retreats because we get to be in that space of giving and creating and offering what we know from our own experience is such a heart opening connected place that lasts a lifetime
0: Mm -hmm. i believe it stays in ourselves forever and carries us through whether we ever see the friends we've made on a retreat ever again or never again that it stays within us and it's soul medicine
1: yeah soul medicine i love that
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So stay tuned we will have some exciting news to reveal sooner than later
1: and we're so grateful that you're here and we look forward to creating more we have so many beautiful guests lined up to come and share and we're open to having you and come and be a guest if you have something you'd like to share so check out the link on our instagram bio you can find it also on the landing page of this podcast to apply to be a speaker if that's something that you're interested in we're looking for more beautiful conversation to connect and restore the sense of community care. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.
0: That's it for today. Thank you, beautiful one, for being here with us. We hope you've learned something or felt inspired in a new
1: way. If so, we hope you'll share this podcast. It's really helpful to us. If you can go in and leave a review this helps us reach more people and build this beautiful community and in the meantime we invite you to nourish your body
0: mind and spirit